We acknowledge that we are creating this podcast on the traditional land of Treaty 6 et sur la terre de la nation métisse de la région 4 de l'Alberta. Api Inuit Saha, Anikut Vivida, Adivasi Janatava, Tapiriganmu. Yatsip Shotkovie oznaczyli terytoria od wieku. Isang lugar na malugod na tinatanggap ng maraming tao mula sa iba't ibang panig ng mundo upang dito at going tahanan. A place that has welcomed many people from around the world to make their home here. Why? Hello there. Welcome to episode three of the Sir John Thompson Immigration Project podcast. That was a mouthful. It really was. Hello there. I am your host, Sierra. And I'm Alex. Today on the podcast, we got two great interviews for you. One comes from Gigi, who interviewed her father, and the other one comes from Maribel, who interviewed a family friend. Both Gigi and Maribel are a part of the Enhanced Academic Program, or the AP, here at SJT. So basically, the smart kids. I Very like much us. so. Unlike you. Yeah. Uh, I said us. Okay. Our aim with the podcast is to create a record of these stories for future generations and those that may be entering Canada. So far, we produce somewhere around 50 or so interviews throughout all our previous seasons. So here is a vignette. Okay, where did you originally, um, where were you originally from before you immigrated to Canada? Jamaica. All right. And why did you immigrate to Canada? Because my mom immigrated to Canada before me, then she sent for me. Okay. Can you tell us a story about the immigration progress? The immigration process? Yeah. Well, the way it works is when your mom come up here, she come to Canada as an immigrant. She, um... Went to school, do what kind of what she came for. She came to school, she went to school, finished up. She find a husband, got married, got her papers. Then she could start a process with me and my other brother so we could be Canadian. So the process take a while. Back then, it just take a little longer time. It take about a couple of years, well. So what she does is she files for us through the immigration laws and regulation that they have to go through. And um, then we as we as kids have to go through a process, like go through a physical. Um, the doctor check our heart rate, um, all these stuff, and see if we are fully healthy to come to Canada. And then, with everything said, then and we go through all that process, and when everything come back and we are good, then. Get the ticket to come to Canada, and um, when we first landed to Canada, now we are immigrant of Canada, but we're not a citizen. All right. And then back then, it take us after three years. Then my mom could file for us as Canadian citizen. Okay. Um, what was your life back home in your home country? It was not life. Get up, we go to school, come home, do chores. Um, I, my grandmother raised me. So with that sense, in my grandmother's home, we have a lot of animals. And we used to have to take care of the animals then before we go to school, and then after we come home from school, and so forth. Okay. 
life as a kid was fun because we got a lot of things to do. We get to go to the rivers. We get to do, when Easter time come around, we get to fly kites and do all of that stuff. As kids, we grow up playing marbles, um, being bows, and tell um, stories. Okay. Um, as you, after you came to Canada, um, what hardships did, hardships did you have to go through? Basically, when I came to Canada at those times, I have to work on my English. Because my English, I have to work on my English. Because even though, <clears throat> even though Jamaican is an <laughs> English-speaking country, we also have a dialect called Patois. And we always, we have the Patois language still, you know, in our, in our, in our, in our life to so when you come to Canada now we have to learn how to pronounce things a little bit better um and then as a kid I didn't know nothing about snow winter stuff like that so that's kind of changed the narrative of how I learned how to live in Canada because remember the Caribbean is a it's a it's a it's a Caribbean country so it's hot there's no snow, there's no winter and all that stuff. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So with that is I got to learn how to cope with the winter and the different seasons in Canada. Plus work on my English. Um, learning new friends, learning the place that we live, the different areas them and all of that stuff. And, and then learning how the school system work in Canada, different from how the school system work in Jamaica. All right, and did you have any, like, certain accomplishments you wanted to achieve when you um, immigrated to Canada? Mm, not really, because I came to Canada when I was 12, so in, in that time is, I didn't know what to expect because I didn't really know much about Canada and what to expect of Canada. But as time goes on and you grow up and learning the language, and learning the system and everything, then you start to realize what you want to become or what you want to be in life. All right. Um, uh-huh. Do you have any advice for anyone who wants to do what you did? Well, it's not safe advice or what people want to do what I did because basically if my mom didn't come to Canada, I probably wouldn't get a chance to come to Canada. I probably I would come to Canada when I was older, probably on a work visa or something else or whatever, but... If something like that happened to a person, <clears throat> as a kid, the thing is, you can't have too much expectation. You gotta come and create your own journey in a new country by learning the system and learning your surrounding. And 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 and, and because there's a lot of negative things goes on back then because you don't know if these people like you because as a black person coming to Canada, remember I didn't grow up around a lot of white folks. So you got to learn how to adapt to the system and adapt to your surrounding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's everything? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Dad. Um, what was your life like back in Ghana and like why did you choose to come to Canada? So I'm basically gonna say um, life in Ghana was was okay. It was great, but um, as a student looking for like other opportunities, 
to be able to meet other people from like different countries and different backgrounds and stuff, I decided to choose um, a foreign country to pursue my next degree, which is basically my master's. So um, I completed my BSc back in Ghana. That was my first degree. And then I decided, oh, I want to meet new people. I want to explore different environments. And then I want to kind of like get to know how different kind of people relate and then with like the society and stuff so i decided okay why not move to another place to actually pursue this second degree of mine which was my masters and then i decided okay which best which country like would be the best for me to pursue a second degree so after kind of like um, screening so many countries out based on the information i got i decided to choose canada because Canada has um, good immigration policies and stuff. Yeah. Um, my next question would be, is there anything that you miss about Ghana? <laughs> yes, I miss everything about Ghana. Everything. Literally everything. The peace. Um, like, you know, being in Canada, although Canada has, like, less forms of, like, um, racism, I think uh, it's more of like systemic racism because no one is gonna pull a gun on you out in the streets and stuff. You know, barely, it barely happens. So I've never even seen it happen. But it's more of like when I'm in Ghana, I'm more of like with my own people, right? They understand me, and I don't have to like um, try to be like another person or something because I'm basically back home with my family being around, with all the people looking basically like myself. So no one is gonna be like, oh, he's different from me, no. Because all the people in Ghana are blacks, just like myself. And yeah, but out here there are different kind of like people, there are many people, and then some people might even stare at you like, Oh, okay, he's different. Like, I've never seen anyone like him before, which, kind of, which sometimes kind of gets to me. Though, not always, but sometimes, yeah. And I think when I came to the university from, like, for my master's, maybe fortunately or unfortunately for me, I'm actually, like, their first black student for my department, so it's kind of, like, something else, right? Everyone is, like, looking at you and in like a nice way not in a weird way though but you kind of feel awkward like oh it's only me in this whole department me being the only black student around and uh, if anything everyone gets to know you because it's like oh the black guy here oh that black guy we know and it's true you are the only black person out there so you can just imagine yeah uh what do you study um i study um masters of cell biology yeah yeah and has Canada helped you, like, as you were saying, it helped you to further your studies? In what ways did it help you? Okay, so um, basically, in terms of equipment, out here, I'm working with so many equipment, which I, I never, like, worked with before I came here. So you kind of get more opportunities out here in terms of, like, the infrastructural um, stuffs. You, you get to like have some hands-on um, experiences, which back home you might not even have the equipment at all. So imagine, I'm a medical laboratory scientist, but imagine like 
being in a class where you have like some few microscopes and then it's time for like um, an experimental work and then your lecturer goes like oh okay so you can you can look into the microscope and within like a second you are done so imagine you're a medical laboratory scientist going to end up on a field where you'll be using the microscope your whole life so long as you work as a medical laboratory scientist but you are in school and then you look at the microscope in like a second and you are supposed to know that thing forever like like it's not magic right i'm supposed to like always be having this practical feel but you get the practical feeling once in a while but out here in canada it's different because the equipment are there unlike back home where the equipment are few and there are not many and it's it's a whole lot of like problems right it's like you have to compete for the equipment and it's not like that out here so i feel like out here is really like good in terms of like trying to um, get the practical experience yeah um, my final maybe second final question would be how easy was your immigration progress <laughs> migrating here is something else especially for Africans I would say especially for Africans because I'm an African and then I think immigration is the worst when it comes to Af- like Africans. They kind of treat us like, uh, like crap, if I'm to use that word, sorry. Sorry for my words. But yeah, like getting a visa is like the, one of the biggest things in the life of an African. Because out here you don't see someone like, like, I don't see someone take their passports and have to go for a visa interview whenever they are going anywhere. Because basically they are Canadians, they are Americans, they are Dutch, right? Someone from Germany doesn't have to like go for a visa interview if they are just going to Canada for like just some days. But imagine I'm a student and even being in one of the reputable universities in Canada, which is University of Alberta, if I have to say, I'm going for like a program outside Canada and then I have to go and sit down for me to be asked, oh, what are you going to do in the other country? Are you gonna come back? Like, of course I'm gonna come back. I'm doing my masters. Why would I just go to another country and just run away or something? Is it just for the beauty of the country? Leave my masters in Canada and just like run away in Switzerland? Like who who does that or who is going to do that? On a normal day, I would feel like it's an insult, right? Imagine you sitting down and being, and someone is asking you, oh, what are you going to do in that country? Like, if I had nothing to go do, do you think I would be sitting right in, here in front of you? No. Like, do you get it? But people don't get asked that question. Why? Because they were born in Canada. Why? Because they were born in Germany. Uh, but do you think the person born in Germany is much better than the person born in Africa? Everyone is going to be like, no. If no, then why do I have to go sit down for someone to ask me? I know, I know immigration policies. I know countries are like fighting here and there over distance. But to me, it doesn't make sense because, fine. I'm, if, if I was coming to Canada and I was being interviewed, no problem. But I'm already in Canada. I have established myself here. I'm in the university. I've been in the university for like two years. And I say I want to go to another country. And then even as a student 
from a university, going in the name of the university. I still have to go sit down for someone to ask me, hey, what is the assurance that you won't run away when you get to the other country? Like, like how sensible is that? Does that even make any sense? No. So it's, it's kind of like an insult if anyone was to ever ask me, oh, why are you going to that country? What are you going to do there? When do you plan on returning? Why Do you really think you'll come back? Of course I will come back. I'm not going to die in that country. Do you want me dead? No. But we get asked all these questions because you are an immigrant and you have to travel. And imagine going for a conference and you have to go through such tough times. I have missed so many conferences because of immigration issues, because I'm an immigrant. Just because I'm an immigrant. Not because I have a criminal record or anything. I don't have any criminal record. But a, can a Canadian with a criminal record can even board a flight because no one is going to check, hey, what are you going to do in that country? The person can just board a flight and move to that country and do whatever bad thing he or she wants to do. But me, being an African, being an immigrant, Going for something relating to school, I'm told, oh, unfortunately, we can't get to a better appointment time for your visa interview. Why? Because I'm an immigrant. I'm not even going to the country to do anything bad. I'm just going for, acad for academic purpose, for, for an academic purpose. And then I'm still being told, oh, we can't get, we, we are sorry, we can't get a better appointment time for you to get an interview. It is so unfair. It is very unfair. I think they've immigration issues for an African is like the worst thing. And I'm not going to lie, I, do, I wouldn't wish this on anyone in this world, not even my enemy, because the hell I've gone through for visa staffs, I, it's something else if you're an immigrant, it's something else. My last question would be, what advice do you have for people that are immigrating from Africa and places like Ghana to Canada? Like, what advice would you have for them? <laughs> I, I think um, I might sound harsh on this, but personally, if I always say this, if my country was like a bit better, just a bit better, I wouldn't see the reason for anyone to actually migrate to another country. If you want to travel to another country for fun or something for maybe business or something, no problem. But I wouldn't have left my country to want to stay in another country for like any other reason, personally. If only my country was okay. So for people living in Ghana, for like countries like Canada and these Western countries, I think it's, it's, it's a good thing. They will get like better opportunities to kind of like prove themselves to the world and to themselves, yeah. So I think um, it's, it's a, it's a life-changing opportunities in one way or the other, yeah. But either way, home sweet home, yeah. So I would always choose Ghana over any place, though, although I, I face these immigration problems and stuff, so Ghana is still home. Thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your day, and thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much, Gigi and Maribel, for those great interviews. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast to get episodes every week, and you can listen to these podcasts wherever you like to listen to them. And uh, please rate this and leave a review. So, Sierra, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love leaving reviews on stuff. Why do you like re leaving reviews so much? I love food, but I have a really weak tolerance to food. 
Okay, I know that. So then if I leave like people like me who have weak tolerances, it's like, hey, you know, a bit spicy but delicious. They know what they're like looking for in a food. So it's very much like podcasts. If we leave a review below, we can find people who like this sort of stuff. Huh, like you finally got something I said. I know, right? So thanks again for tuning in this week. I'm Alex. And I'm Sierra. And have a great weekend. Or week. Whatever. SJT Immigration Project is a production of Enhanced Academic Program and Social Department of Sir John Thompson. Hosts this week were Alex and Sierra, interviews from Gigi and Maribel, music by Kara, art by Julius, production and supervision from Miss Stetson and Mr. Lukanen. Find us on Twitter at SJT Project ECSD or online at anchor.fm slash SJT.